0: Namo tasa bhagavato rahato sammah sambudasa Namo tasa bhagavato rahato sammah sambudasa Namo tasa bhagavato rahato sammah sambudasa dhammāṁ saṅkhaṁ So reading from the Sangyutta Nikaya, Connected Discourses, um, Chapter 48, Sutta 50, at Arpana. Thus have I heard, on one occasion the Blessed One was dwelling among the Angans, when there was a town of the Angans named Arpana. There the Blessed One addressed the Venerable Sariputta thus, Sir so reported, does the noble disciple who is completely dedicated to the Tathagata and has full confidence in him, entertain any perplexity or doubt about the Tathagata or the Tathagata's teaching? Mineral Sir, the noble disciple who is completely dedicated to the Tathagata and his full confidence in him does not entertain any perplexity or doubt about the Tathagata or the Tathagata's teaching. It is indeed to be expected, Venerable Sir, that a noble disciple who has faith will dwell with energy aroused for the abandoning of unwholesome states and the acquisition of wholesome states, that he will be strong firm in exertion, not shirking the responsibility of cultivating wholesome states, that energy of his, Venerable Sir, is his faculty of energy. It is indeed to be expected, Venerable Sir, that a noble disciple who has faith and whose energy is aroused will be mindful, possessing supreme mindfulness and discretion, one who remembers and recollects what was done and said long ago, that mindfulness of his, Venerable Sir, is his faculty of mindfulness. It is indeed to be expected, Venerable Sir, that noble disciple who has faith, whose energy is aroused, and whose mindfulness is established, will gain concentration, will gain one-pointedness of mind, having made release the object that concentration of his, Venerable Sir, is his faculty of concentration. It is indeed to be expected, Venerable Sir, that a noble disciple who has faith, whose energy is aroused, whose mindfulness is established, and whose mind is concentrated, will understand thus, this sangsara is without discoverable beginning. A first point is not discerned of beings roaming and wandering on, hindered by ignorance and fettered by craving, but the remainderless fading away and cessation of ignorance, the mass of darkness. This is the peaceful state. This is the sublime state. That is, the stilling of all formations, the relinquishment of all acquisitions, the destruction of craving, dispassion, cessation, Nibbana, that wisdom of his, Venerable Sir, is his faculty of wisdom. And Venerable Sir, when he has again and again strived in such a way, again and again recollected in such a way, again and again concentrated his mind in such a way, again and again understood with wisdom in such a way, that noble disciple gains complete faith thus. And it's these things that previously I had only heard about, now I dwell having contacted them with the body and having pierced through them with wisdom, I see. That faith of his, Venerable Sir, is his faculty of faith. Good, good, Sariputta. Sariputta, the noble disciple who is completely dedicated to the Tathagata and has full confidence in him, does not entertain any perplexity or doubt about the Tathagata or the Tathagata's teaching so as usual there's a lot in that (laughs) both the the overall span the phrases the way the phrases are used the uh, definitions that are applied and the so rather surprising turns in it. Particularly that bit about contacting them directly in one's own body. Hmm. But so to... Uh, I think I can probably talk about this for most of this week actually. And so in essence we have here what we we'll call the five indriya. Hmm. That's, that's one structure that's in this discourse so the buddha often most of the the suttas have certain pedagogical structures in them this is the structure called the five indriya indriya associated with leading that which leads like indra was the leader of the gods this is the the leading faculty that which leads and these are spiritual faculties we also have sense indriya uh, the mental the, um, uh, led by also pleasure and pain indriyas. Um, so there are things that come to the fore qualities that come to the fore and for uh, you know average person then what comes to the fore is the, the sense faculties and degree of pleasure and pain that's what lead us around and so these other faculties are called um, spiritual faculties. They're also transpersonal. In naturally, uh, though pleasure and pain are universal, we have different ways in which those personalize. What I find agreeable, or disagreeable, and so forth. What I hear, what my mind, mental faculty, picks up, doesn't pick up, and so forth. This is where all the karmic patterns and... and uh, Uh, moulding take place. Mm. These spiritual injury is a sort of universal and transpersonal. So We have personal domain, me, you, karma, peculiarities, history, blessedness, woundedness, and so forth. And then we have these transpersonal qualities um, which are also available uh, through a uh, practice uh. and of course here this is where the uh, faith indriya is the leader of the of the pack because there if there isn't some faith in a transpersonal or a transcendent, then, um, you know, if we, in chitta, then we're more or less left in our personal realm, trying to make the best of it, bounded by aging and death and marked by karma and um, the karma that, that as we've accrued, and also, just the, the results of being in this sensory world, in this sensory human world, with its various um, afflictive experiences or pleasant experiences, unfortunately, are of a briefer duration than we would wish. <laughs> uh. So you know. So if you've, you know, I many of you've been through this life now for, you know, some 50 years and more, and uh, yeah, difficult, you know, to have sustained faith in in <laughs> at all. It's quite a miracle, considering the amount of of rubbish and horrible things that uh, we witness. Uh, in the world around us human beings seem to be extremely uh, deluded human beings extremely damaging destructive creatures you know, if this is all there is uh, it's difficult you know, there are a the few you know, luminous examples but they seem to be less in the weight of ignorance the mass of it And, of course, one can lose faith in oneself because of the afflictive patterns that enmesh the heart, uh, the stuckness. Mm. So this faith faculty is, is, if that occurs, then our heart sinks, and we even lose touch with practice. With the dhamma, so this faculty then is so primary to keep coming out of the personal, personal realm, could be quite good, and uh, could be quite difficult. Human society can good friends, but also the weight of suffering, and that. Uh, Bear with through these many years. This takes faith to just st- still keep trying to be conscious and not delude oneself and not distract, not give up. Still takes an element of faith, always comes down to suffering. Mm. And just to see, like, whether it's mine or yours or this or that, this quality is to be understood rather than, you know, crushed by. And can be understood. Mm. And can be released. And there is a path to do that. Uh, Four Noble Truths. Or faith in the triple gem mm. Buddha teaching and Sangha, particularly how precious it is if we have Kalyanamita spiritual friends. I mm. can at least share the difficulty with. So there is dukkha. Mm. So this this sensual indriya, to keep us open to the possibilities of deep penetration and liberate release. And then to come back to that time and time again, as this sutta says again and again, one returns to that faith quality, has to return to it many times, again and again, There you know, is faith in yourself. Confidence, faith, saddha means first of all, initiation is the sense that there could be. You know, that, that willingness to, there could be. Mm. It's the beginning of it. There could be. And then beginning to sense uh, as that develops, yeah, you know, there's something worth trying. Mm. Yeah, it's worth trying. And then the realisation, yes, confidence. So it starts as something quite tentative. Mm, there could be, and then yeah, it's worth trying. And that worth trying is, initiates the faculty of virya, energy, which is first of all, one is at least, you know, rising up. One is energising, one is rising up and beginning to put aside that which one knows is no point. Virya, there's energy arising. It's not just a passive passive, object thrown around. We're making some kind of statement, some kind of stand, some kind of lift or push against the tide of ignorance. One is energized. One's heart does wake up. And then the arising of that, and then the the taking form, that's very, where it means that we see this a specific something we could do. It could be keeping a precept. It could be, you know, getting up and at least you know, <laughs> sitting for half an hour, it could be stop doing that, you know, <laughs> switch that off. It could be you know, that just seeing specific points that one could actually get a handle on and turn for the better. Yeah. Specific. This is not, you know, Olympic. This is just getting realistic and specific. So that one is is taking responsibility for one's life rather than just flow along in the stream. Then there's that virya- uh, becomes more established turns into resolute. One gets the sense of authority to stand against to know the wholesome and to keep climbing towards it no matter what. Whether that we have to move slowly or as patiently bear with, but we keep standing against a push of ignorance, and we acknowledge the quality of energy mm, and the balance of it. This is not frantic, it's persistence, perseverance. Mm. This is the crystallization of that quality when it, it firms up. Uh, sati, mindfulness, he the ability to recollect what was said long ago, which is often a way in which Sati is um, described in the Sutta, the meaning of it, we bear in mind, we return to that, we have the sense of I can frame something up, something that isn't just the circumstance, mm. Something meaningful. I can frame it up. I could frame up, uh, avoid the unwholesome. I could frame up, uh, avo- you know, understand that criti- continued berating yourself is not skillful. <laughs> I could at least sustain mindfulness on that. You know, so you get a focal point. You can establish yourself, and it's often in. Again, it's a sense of you know, as you begin to acknowledge your chitta and life, you say, well, actually. What, do, what can I, I can focus on something where there's a good, meaningful, beautiful, purposeful, I can at least bring it to mind, and I can understand and frame up that which is harmful, degrading, unworthy of me, notice it and push against it, resist it, not believe in it. Therefore, this quality of sati gives a specific focus And of course, what that focus is, it changes. You You can have meditation themes, mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of body, but just the quality itself is not limited to a particular object. It's the sense of forming meaningful focus. And as that potentially becomes available, and it begins to gain confidence, and then it establishes itself, and it stays. We are, body is held mindfully, because why not? You know, as it's it's said, if you're not mindful, you're crazy. Uh, You know, you're not, you're you're a danger to yourself. (laughs) This is not about, you know, doing some meditation technique alone. It means if you're not being mindful of what you're doing, you are definitely a danger to yourself and others. If you're not mindful of your body, what do you do with it? What's happening? If you're not mindful of your speech, what do you think is going to happen? If you haven't got carrying a meaningful focus in your mind, what do you think it's going to do? You know? If you're not mindfully aware there that this is the unwholesome and you've got to focus on what's meaningful, you know, you're doing yourself damage and probably others too. So, there's a sense of, a, you know, the mindfulness becomes something that one certainly one does slip away from it, but then uh, you, know, you begin to pick up the signs this kind of spinning the skidding the sliding the helplessness the lurching into things the careening around the the casualness the hey this is drunk (laughs) wait a minute where am i you know so you know so this just kind of kind of really getting a sense of sati as one's, one's guardian protector It doesn't have to be a tight, cramped thing. Just to remember and bear in mind the good, the true, the steady, the sane, the beautiful, the non-abusive, the loving, that you begin to, you know, sense and sense and, and begin to actually recollect, you know, because now you've touched these qualities. So this process of sati constantly harvests the qualities that have arisen, and your harvest gets fuller. And so this is the foundation for what's called samadhi, concentration, and One way in which concentration is, say, the basis of it or the nimit or the defining characteristic of it is the four foundations of mindfulness. If the four foundations of mindfulness are established, energized, activated, that is samadhi. That's the definition of it, is that one's mind is now, as you can just imagine, is, is held within a particular and there's a sense of sensing that, that firming, sensing that unification. You're not going in five directions at once. There's not one part of you quarreling with another part. You know, it's it's coming together. And so this again begins with that, that sense of unifying. Uh, you know, uh, and strengthens into a sense of something that is uh, happy quiet gladness the the, the tearing and the wounding and the fracturedness it dissolves, one feels happy relieved This sign of happiness is the a necessary highlighted feature of what samadhi means. If the body is not stressed, is refreshed, is regenerated, is vibrant, the mind is happy. If the mind is happy in this way. This is samadhi. It's it's. Said like that in the suttas happiness born of non fragmentation, and because so this this is the encouraging sign aspect of it, as samadhi comes into what I call the second, second feature of it the ripening of that. It's uh, it's so transformative because this is where we really are dealing with the fundamental injuries that we have, which is our pleasure-pain principle. So embedded. And the Buddha was pragmatist saying, well, you can't go against this, instead you have to co-opt it so that we're going to get pleasure but we're going to get it internally through skillfulness it's a pretty, pretty pretty savvy move you know? <laughs> you know then yes because we like it therefore once one begins to get that then naturally the willingness and the understanding of samadhi and the skill in it Is increased because one is eager, enthusiastic for that deepening. And the happiness itself transforms from something quite uh, rapturous into something quite cool. This is very transformative because, in a worldly sense, it's normally the other way around. That is, we like the excitement the kind of contented bit, it's a bit sort of okay, but secondary to the real zap of ecstasy. Uh, Well, in Buddha Dharma, through practice, you recognize that more energized happiness is a bit rough, and it's much nicer, much better when it's just soft and soothed and cool, more satisfying. And this this is then what we call jhana, internalized and steady. Faculty of wisdom, deep understanding of the uh, predicament. What we take as personal is the really, isn't really is personal, but the person is the result. The sense of identification is a particular grip around patterns that have no origin, cannot be discerned. Patterns of agitation and fear, patterns of anxiety and aversion, patterns of craving and longing, patterns of sorrow and and confusion, patterns of blaming. And so on. These tides that sweep through uh, that become personal. With wisdom, one sees this is just this. Oh, mm. And there's a sense of what's called sangwega, which means a kind of sober, sobering uh, sadness. Sangwega sanglok, the, the sobering sadness with reference to. The world. The world in this sense is the Sangsara. Mm. There is dukkha, not I am suffering. Mm. So the mind is pretty much able to find a foundation through samadhi, through, through practice, whereby you can almost refer back to that sangsaric thing. Well, this, is, this is the stressing, everyone's like this in some degree or another. This is the fearing, resisting. This is the blaming, this is the doubting. This is the self-disparagement. This is the suppressed rage, grief, and so forth. Ooh. And it's, it's not like, no first point it means, what did I do wrong? Whose fault was it? <laughs> No. Mm. Hindered by ignorance and fettered by craving, through not seeing uh, the sublime. The truth, the beauty, the and so on, through this constant craving to hold, have, be something. Which localizes. So it means that there's a personal stamp is placed upon what. The personal (laughs) the weird thing about craving is it always established and it's established it poisons whatever it's established on uh, because the message of craving is not enough yet isn't that right the message of craving is not enough yet if only a bit more or a lot more or a lot less if it was different from this now that's the message of craving and you put that message onto anything what do you think's going to happen <laughs> it's stress isn't it because it's not enough yet a bit more or it's too much a bit less then you put that message onto anything then you start suffering right because it couldn't be any other way could it and yet you know that—that's the message, isn't it? Uh, of of social human realm. And of course, the idea is once you get that, then you'll be fine. But <laughs> that—that's the, that's the carrot at the end of the stick that you never quite get because. As you're getting closer to it, there's another carrot a little further, <laughs> and that goes on. and this a form of craving can take any anything really craving for you know food, sex, entertainment, knowledge, understanding, you know, silence, peace you know, other people understanding me or liking me. I want them all to like me, not just one or two. <laughs> you know, or, or however you want to put it, you know. And it just says a little bit more. You can even crave moderation, and crave sense restraints. So you end up becoming like totally uh, uh, self, you know, ascetic. So the Buddha said, no, no, this it's again is craving. Well, you can't even take restraint in a moderate, restrained way. <laughs> 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 it has to be more, harder, firmer, <laughs> stronger. Because yeah. it just is such a word called enough, the rarest word in the English language. <laughs> enough, enough. So just sort of reiterating one, this, this, this word and see, enough. Rarest word in the English language. Enough. Mm. The tone of it. <coughs> so, is this is the. Um, with that, you you know, what you were craving for? What a fantasy. That's ignorance. So, these two together. The should be is a fantasy he could have that's a fantasy if only that's another fantasy no end no beginning just changing the objects that's all you're shifting the objects around this same pattern but the remainless, fading away, cessation of ignorance—the mass of darkness. This, just this, is the peaceful state. This is the sublime state, the stilling of all formations, the sankara activations. And so, it suggests you know, beginning to refer to this uh, sankara aggregate, that which has volition in it. Activates mm. mental volition, like emotion, surge, rush, impulse, the stilling of it. Not the elimination, just the cooling and stilling to a quiet vibrancy. No pressure, no push, no fluster, no surge, just stilling, steady. The relinquishment of all acquisitions, stepping out of the footprints, Wiping out the footprint, not sliding back into one's footprint, the relinquishment—that was somebody, that was some, that was the footprint of a being fettered by ignorance and craving. Destruction of craving, dispassion, cessation, nibbana. This wisdom is the faculty of wisdom. Hmm. So this, these are the five indriya. And then through constantly, so it this is not a one-off shot, but it's actually these are to be iterated and returned to and activated and energized and, and poured through the living process time and time again. Wisdom faculty, that which is able to discern things impersonally, This is this, this is this, this is this. Having done so begins to discern. This is skillful. This is not skillful. Mm. Having done so, this discerns this. This is dukkha. This is non-dukkha. This is a simple guide to wisdom. Steps back. This is this, this is that, instead of just being it discerns this is skillful this is unskillful this is not this this is a simple idea but just you know holding that filter through on the mental process this is skillful this is unskillful can we sense how do you sense it one touches these faculties in one's body this is agitating this is stressing this is pushing this is grope, grasping, mm. stressing, unskillful, this is non-stressing, this is non-stressing, easing, this is the ending of dukkha, In this tiny little moment, this tiny area that I'm working on right now, this is where that releases, This is the ending of suffering right now. And really making these things pretty as direct, but also as intimate. And often they are on really minor areas. You build up that. It becomes a way of life. This is cleaning the dishes without that sense of hurry up, got to get the wishes dishes done because this is dukkha. (laughs) This is cleaning the dishes, feeling the hand, wiping the plate. Quite enjoying the texture of wiping a plate. Warm water, sudsy. Quite nice. This is nonduka, <laughs> putting it away. <laughs> nonduka. This is the ending of it. It's like that, you know. So this is how we cultivate to so let directly known, felt, touched in one's body. You feel them, so we cultivate. Mm -hmm. So naturally, you know, wisdom is the culmination. But just uh, also bearing in mind that uh, faith is the important one. As it says, you know, once one has this, then one's faith—again, it returns to faith—is now rock solid. The chief uh, enemy, doubt, such an enemy that is it's seen as synonymous with Mara. Mara is the doubter. Mara is the instigator of doubt. So this feature. Even after the Buddha enlightenment, this Mara quality would would gather round and say, you're not really that way because, you know, this and that. It's not really going to work, is it, you know? Nobody's going to understand this, are they? And you're taking a rest in the middle of the day, let's face it, you haven't really got it together yet. (laughs) And the Buddha's saying, no, no, I know that. I know that. I know that voice. I know that voice. Mm. You're alert to it. There's no way by following that or by following what it asks you to do that you will arrive at the ending of suffering. What it asks you to do is to take it all very personally. To... Define how you are as a person—this or that. And that's what it, it sounds quite tempting, doesn't it? I could be an enlightened person. Therefore, these are the standards for enlightened people. That's the second move, right? And then that—once you get the standards, the standards go up because they're ideals, so you can just raise them right way up. And then that—now you're starting to get trap arises and there's plenty of opportunities for that what it's saying is what doubt says is think think of something think of what it could be think of what you should be think of what somebody else is think of what you're not think a lot this will drive you completely mad. <laughs> Mara was no was no fool. He knew exactly how to to, to to shoot holes in people. Speculate about yourself. This is really going to drive you crazy. Taking Sangsara personally is certain is a recipe for disaster of course there is a a, you know a personal life you could say of this personal body personal history is not denying that but that is to be met with a sense of compassion and warm heartedness and appreciation of the good and evenness of mind for its struggles and pains and growth pains and fumblings. This is the person hmm, to be met with goodwill. And if the if the person is of significance in the Buddha Dharma is really to activate principle of sympathy and compa mm. oh yeah it's a person oh yes <laughs> yes you know the sympathy and, you know, and once the heart open the meta quality comes forth the wish to cherish because it's a Sentient being, with its sensitivity, how it's affected, how it trembles, how it gets powerful emotion swinging through it—pleasure, pain—trapped in being a person. Faced with aging, sickness, death, separation from the laughter of other people. Or oh, this is a person. <sighs> mm, must give it a lot of goodwill. It's difficult being a person. And it also has beauty in it. It can write in this, is where chitta has placed itself. Mm. it can grow it can listen it can rise through this this is this is the workshop the person so mm. so we turn transpersonal qualities mm. Arising through perspective on the person, this person, that person, with its limitations, physical disabilities, its emotional patterns, its karmic scars, its confusions, its memory loss, its dwindling faculties, its personal stories, You know, it's internally this one or that one meeting that with the mind of goodwill. So that one's faith is established, at least on the principle of goodwill. At least we bear that in mind. At least we're mindful of that quality. And we energize it and we keep it going. and It becomes a focus, a source of wisdom. This is ill will, unwholesome, stressful. Mm. This is the relinquishment of ill will. Beautiful, well done, congratulations. Mm. So in this way we are wise, in this way we are mindful, in this way faith can be aroused. It's perhaps the easiest, most accessible place to regain our faith. I am one who can experience goodwill to something when that happens, I feel happy and pleased. And fear and doubt don't assail me. And terror and guilt don't assail me. So one is wise to that extent. Therefore one's faith is strengthened. I can't do something. I do have a place which is progressive, which leads to the beautiful, the happy, the blameless. I do have that. This then I must develop. One's energy is established, sustained. One bears it in mind. One unifies around that. Therefore with wisdom one sees all that negativity, guilt, fear, self-doubt, anxiety, Bitterness, resentment. This is samsara. Other beings have this too. How pitiful! Stilling of the formations. Coming out of the footprint. Breaking up the craving to be something. To be better than others. To be. To be. There the one is, (laughs) or one assumes one is. Releasing the mind from this pressure of identity. So in this way we can cultivate an important thing. It's it's all important, isn't it? But you you see these the five indriya you know it's like they're there as clearly as the nose on your face which you can't see <laughs> <laughs> and you can't see your eyes <laughs> but it's there they're there and it's a matter of really you know bringing them to mind and discerning You can feel them. You can feel a sense of, what's faith as a a felt knowledge? It's the possibility they could be. And then what is it as it matures? I'm willing to try. That's faith. This itself is beautiful. And then it firms up. I know this. I know that this is unskillful. And that energy I refrain from that, and in practising that on any level—a coarse level, a level, refined level, a psychological level—I know this habit of mind to think: oh, "If I just worked a bit faster, I'd get it all done." I've believed in that thing: "If I got a little faster, I'd get it all done." I've finally seen that—that <laughs> that psychological condition as this is stressful, this is suffering. In this, there is no ill will. There is no goodwill. There's just panic and fear of blame and habit. Step out of that. Yeah. I've seen that much. This is great gain. I've released something. The idea that more is better, for <laughs> anything. I've seen that. That habit. That seduction. That tantalising carrot that Mara dangles in front of me and I've cut that off the steady the calm the sustainable the dispassionate that's the best that's where the person dissolves rather than becomes a hero or a villain that's the best why this sangsara is difficult to ease out of because of the hoodwinked by ignorance into assuming ideals, perfectionism, lofty ideals, that's what it's all about. It can be just washing the dishes, it can be just walking calmly and realizing something, a habit, a worry, a pressure is being released, this is the stilling of that pressured, agitated activation. This is the relinquishment of an old habit to do, to make, to get, to make sure one is. The relinquishment of that destruction of the craving to be a person. It's passion. Ceasing, Nibbana, difficult to see, difficult to conceive of, felt in the body, felt in the body, know it. Anyone? mm uh...